Welcome to Extreme Rewind, your weekly look. Oh, I'm all over the place. Your weekly look into the world of extreme as we look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 on Sports Arena. You got my name, Paul. I'm joined as always by Jay. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing all right. I've got the the barely legal hangover. Here's the barely legal hangover. I had the headphones in the wrong ear of the hangover. That's all right. We haven't done this show many times, so I can understand why you get that confused. I know, right? Um, First of all, great response to our barely legal show. Thank you, everyone that listened and left comments about the event itself. It was was very, very good. Much appreciated. Um, Yeah, so this is the fallout. So we're doing four episodes again this week, all in April 1997. Well, not all, I don't think. Episode 208, 209, 210, and 211, I believe. Marching towards our next Mountain Rushmore. We are getting there, and everything changes and everything stays the same with the Mountain Rushmore. So there's a few little surging characters, but I don't know how long they're going to stick around for. It's hard to tell, isn't it? It is hard to tell because you, you sort of know that people go, but then you don't realise how soon necessary some of them go. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of them feel ominously soon. Yeah, and one of them seems to be immediate, mm. which which is a bizarre. I get to the second, very legal. Um, the buy rates are about forty four thousand for that. Yeah, I mean, you shared this with me yesterday. I think it was. I think it was yesterday. Um, yeah. And it's hard to tell. All the days are the same. And, um, you know, the, the fact that they, uh, the ECW um, had s- quite low on, on the grand scheme of things um, outputs from this was, was, was quite shocking to me. I mean, you know, they, they, they never drew more than 6,000 people to an event or 100,000 buys on on pay-per-view according to the, the the data you found which you know for such a, a a revered and iconic and historic show feels quite strange well kind of a little bit puts in perspective why all in was such an achievement so i guess like when you look at like ten thousand people it doesn't sound a lot for a wrestling venue if you sort of growing up watching wwe mm. you sort of think oh, that's like half an attendance but uh, when you put it back into, I think, I remember hearing ECW's highest ever was around 8,000. But 6, 7 was kind of roughly about the same thing. So, Yeah, so this is 6,000 for pay-per-views. Yeah. If they'd done specials or, or something like that, then, it might uh, you know, that, that might have been higher, you know, if they did but, like but a they festival never, or something. But... Yeah, but it never broke the, um, the 10,000 mark. I know that. Which is insane, which is insane for, you know, and, and again, if you think about um, a lot of the wrestling that it, 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 it stood on the shoulders of, you know, some of the WCCW shows, some of the AWA shows, you know, like huge, huge numbers, even the WCW stuff and the, the NWA stuff, huge, huge, huge numbers, but aren't, aren't thought of as haunt fondly. Um, across the entire like zeitgeist as um, ECWs. Yeah, I mean, I think pay-per-view buys are sort of almost like 
that get that. I didn't, I didn't know what I expected, but I did know it's roughly the same time as WrestleMania. Yeah. Which in America, pay-per-views are what, like $60? Would be about like $50 probably? Yeah. yeah. Different, to, different to like our price scheme. So for them, if you have $50 to throw down, they're probably going to go WrestleMania or maybe even WCW at this point because the NWO is hotter than ever. If you've got $50, you're probably going to go for WrestleMania. If you've got four, if you've got $100, you're probably going to go to WrestleMania or whatever the, the WCW show is. If you've got $150 to spend on, on pay-per-views in a month. Yeah, then you'd probably go to ECW as well. Because this is when, I mean, those, I don't think they're winning the ratings yet, but they're probably right in the NWO is full on. It's referenced everywhere. So Yeah. Well, the BWO's parodying it. So we know we're into the Rodman time of NWO. Yeah, which would have been sort of the Rodman and Hogan versus DDP and Malone, potentially, yeah. which was a mammoth pay-per-view. If it sort of works that sort of time. So, yeah, I'm just... Um... But, you yeah, know, it's interesting. It's interesting to look at the numbers because it's something we've never really looked into. But I think yeah. it's always um, worth it. I also sent you a um, WWE Raw card from around this time as well. You did, which was um, interesting itself. You know, it was it was a, a a card of you know who'd they ever beat and and nobody's really, wasn't it? It was a mid card, middle of the loop kind of nothing card. Yeah. So let me um, see exactly when this was. Right. Sorry. So right. it was it wasn't April the fourteenth, maybe April twenty first. April twenty first. So it'd be the week after the pay per view. Yep. So obviously you got um Bret Hart versus Steve Austin on there in a street fight. Um Rockabilly versus Jesse James, which obviously Road Dog and Billy Gunn against each other. And Undertaker versus Unturst Helmsley. I mean, obviously they weren't all mega stars at this point, but looking back on there, like New Age Outlaws explode, Hitman and um, and Austin, Triple H and Undertaker. I mean, come on. And um, so I've just looked up April fourteenth, WCW Nitro. Yeah, uh, you had uh, Ice Train and Joe Gomez versus the defeating the Extreme in a dark match. The famous extremes you spoke about then, didn't we? Ace Darling and Devon Storm, so yep. ECW alumni. The other dark match was Medusa versus Luna Vachon, ECW, ECW. alumni. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we're into Chris Benoit versus Barbarian. Semi, ECW alumni. Then Dean Malenko defeated Hector Guerrero to retain the WCW United States Championship. They Hector was there, wasn't he? Was it Hector... I, yeah, Did he was Hector there first. Up for wasn't a week, he? didn't he? Turned yeah. up a week before it. Yeah, so okay. Uh, then, following that match, we've got Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Juventud Guerrero. ECW. Uh, then we've got um, Ultimo Dragon beating Lane Carlson Ooh. to retain the WCW TV Championship. <laughs> Six versus uh, Prince Iakea for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Very cool. Um, never heard of this team, Public Enemy. Uh, <laughs> defeating high voltage. Don't see him get a win. Yep. Um, so, you know, and again, ECW alumni. Yeah. Uh, Giant defeated Big Al. Big Al being Tombstone, uh, being uh, uh, 
Tombstone and 911. Oh, wow. So, ECW alumni. Then um, we've got uh, Diamond Dallas Page with Kimberly defeating Conan. ECW alumni. What an ECW um, heavy show this is. Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael with Deborah defeated the Harlem Heat. Sorry. Right. Uh, no link, apart from the fact that they've got Sister Sherry at this point, so ECW alumni. Oh. And then um, uh, Lex Luger defeated Kevin Nash in the main event with Buff Bagwell, Michael Wall Street, NWO Sting, Scott Norton, Six, Ted DiBiase, and Vincent. It's probably two matches on that card that I've not mentioned ECW alumni. That's crazy, Brilliant. isn't it? Brilliant when you... there was, I was trying to find the most ECW, WCW pay-per-view. And there was one that I found, I can't remember what it is, but I need to go back and find it. It might be in a sold out or something. But there was one that had quite a few ECWs, but in WCW. And I think it'd be good to go back and watch that at some point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's this kind of time, isn't it? Oh, just reading out that. I mean, this Nitro would cover it. Yeah, if I'd known, probably would have suggested, or you would have suggested, if we'd known previous, to have a little butchers it, because that's very much... Where are they now? But um, where are they now is the 15th of April, 1997, episode 205. So um, just just before we move on, and I'm sorry because I know we have moved on, but just before right. we move on, um, uh, the Giant defeating Big Al. Mm-hmm. Big Al, as we said, nine one, formerly 9-1-1. Yep. Um, whose finisher was the Chokeslam. Was Giants finisher was the choke slam. Was um, the monster that was Big Al. Uh, Giant beat him in 59 seconds. Yeah, we're gonna have to go and find that. 100% we're watching that. WCW uh, Nitro, April 14th, 1997. We will watch it next week. We're gonna find that. We're gonna post it probably on Instagram at underscore sports arena. Underscore Sports Arena, indeed. Obviously, there's been a lot of activity on there. So, thank you for wanting to get involved with this said before. But let's jump right in, like we said, to the 15th of April, 1997, episode 208. I can't stop thinking about 911. Um, Getting squashed by the giant. Yeah, we Terry Funk promoting his appreciation banquet. Jesus, this was a story. This was a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's a good disclaimer before we get into all of this. I think. Yeah, I mean, um, you've just had your first ever pay per view. The the WWE to a point has sort of helped advertise, but you yep. sort of got there in a rebellious sort of way, and people are expecting the show opening with the heroes welcome of Terry Funk and all this, and you just don't get it. Obviously, we, we've spoken about ECW's all pre-taped. It's not live. So the odds of them getting a, a thing, then going straight into the arena afterwards with a live show is never going to happen because if that had been taped prior, so I think a lot of these matches probably would have been. But yeah. there were tapings because there's things moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you could have shot something in the night with a promo from Terry Funk or uh, something like that. Look, how um, have you not started this show off with some form of a promo of Terry Funk? Even if it's just filmed at the back with blood on him. 
Yeah. Or in the right. ring afterwards or in the crowd afterwards or something. Uh, you know, how you haven't got the image of Terry Funk with your championship belt. I mean, as it's opening the show. It's just like mentioned later on, there's a certain documentary going on at the moment. So he's obviously around filming stuff. Yep. And um, just wow. And this is from the this is from the Terry Funk banquet the night before the pay per view. Yep. So it's not so even it's him really. It's this really long drawn out story that has no real relevance to anything. Yep. And. You know, there, there, there were a few points in this show that I felt they could have slotted it in very easily. Here at the very beginning, obviously, um, and at the very end, where you've got uh, Joey Styles and Paul Heyman doing the the very grateful thank you, thank you, thank yous. Um, you know, five minutes there of, you know, 30 seconds there of Terry Funk with the belt, as you said, in the back, bloodied and everything. Um you know, thank you all for supporting. Thank you all for 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 coming not, on this journey with me. Thank oh, you. Not even that. He could have literally just been sitting there, bloody chanting our way, our way, our way, our way. Then the intro started, and it would have got Anything. you hooked. It would have got you hooked that something was going to happen. But this was like the like you said the night before, no bell. It was just um, no relevance. You know, it was it was a it was a. a it was a Terry Funk story. And wow. Imagine, imagine Stone Cold when he wins the belt and the finally you followed this journey and he's won the belt and they're like, oh, he's not going to be on Raw for the next, you know, five, five, six weeks. Is that all right? It's just to me, it's just like, I and, know. And what we'll do, and we'll get into this as we go through, but what we'll do to just kind of, you know, to, to make sure you realize he's still around and is your champion is we'll have footage of stuff he's done in the Fed going back. You know, some of it's going to be a face, some of it's going to be a heel, some of it's going to be us slagging him off because he's a bad guy, some of it's going to be us praising him because he's a good guy, um, some of it's going to show you how old some of our competitors look now. Um, but yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine some of it's going to make you yearn for people who have left and you really didn't realize how much you missed them until you saw cactus jack um but yeah but even like just before the match even happened like one of the other shows give him the belt and just let him do loads of pre-tapes if you know he's gonna like win it have him at a backstage confrontation with i don't know bill alfonso anyone i don't know but yeah yeah. Spoiler for the next four episodes. <laughs> He's not on them. Uh, so that happens. Then uh, Joey Styles announced that basically, because not everyone got to see the Barely Legal pre-show, this is the Barely Legal pre-show. Yep, afterwards. Yeah, so basically half-hour counter comes up and we get highlights straight away of the feud between Shane Douglas and the Pitbulls. We then get photos of said match. Um, including obviously 911, not 911, Brian Lee and Rick Rude. And my point is, by the looks of things, Brian Lee's gone. Yeah. From, I've looked into it to see when he finishes, and I can't find his last match in ECW. All it says is he finished shortly after at this point. So I don't think there's even like a, a payoff payoff to it. 
There doesn't seem to be. It just kind of seemed to to shift and move, didn't it? Which again it goes back to what we're saying about how why would you not have your Tommy Dreamers in that in a bigger role, but someone who's leaving the next day sort of give him this massive sort of face turn. Because if he'd come after the franchise, it would have been huge in sort of the scheme of what's going on at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, yeah, very, very bizarre. But again, it's hard to get into there. We don't know the relationship with WWE at the moment because he does go off to join um, DOA, didn't he? But I don't know how soon that is because I know it's the original nation at the moment. But him and the Harris boys join up with Crush to make the Disciples of Apocalypse, don't they? Yes, they do. ECW alumni. Yeah, again. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that's when that pops up. But, um, yes, we get the photos of that. Promo by Rick Rude after Barely Legal. Um, what he wanted was for Shane Douglas to lose his title. and um, So, Rick Rude starts with quoting the Rolling Stones. Yeah. You can't always get what you want. I, I I wanted Francine. I didn't get Francine. I wanted Shane Douglas to lose his title. I didn't get Shane Douglas to lose his title. Um, and then talks about, you know, that Brian Lee got Francine and maybe Francine's into Brian Lee. Turns out that might be a long distance relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, people still want to, beat him up and, 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 you know, so maybe he got what he needs. And it's kind of like, you know, just a very weird promo wrapped around like a song lyric. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we on this program, we on this show have done some weird things with song lyrics. <laughs> so, you know, we're not above that. It's true. But it just, it, it was just a bit weird. It was weird. It was just, but I find, I mean, obviously as the episodes go on, Rick Rude, um, he's got his role. Rates. Mm, ever so slightly. Um, Do you know the bit that really grated me, and I, we will get into it, but the really bit that grated me, um, Rick Rude saying something really mean and trying to be cutting and all of the rest of it and trying to be really hardcore and shoot and, and tough and all of the rest of it. Yeah. The kissing didn't work. No. It's it's not that gimmick. He um he feels so lost here. It felt like others they've brought in when people are angry and all this. This one I feel like he's been brought in and they don't know what they were gonna get from him. They don't really know. I don't know if he was trying to get out of his Lloyds of London deal at this point and thought there's a loophole that if he left and went to another promotion, he could wrestle. And they said no. Yeah, I, I, Rick Rude as a baby face just doesn't work. Oh, good. No. And, we spoke the other week about the comparables between almost him and Sonny and the similar. Yeah. And it is so that he has to be the, you know, your girlfriend's my girlfriend now. And this thing you've got, you've you've got two heels, and and we'll get into a face. And I know it's shades of grey. I understand that, and blah blah blah. But we'll get into the the the, the you know heel or face game later on. Um, but Rick Rude 
playing the good guy is it just doesn't work it doesn't work and um especially doesn't work against someone like Shane Douglas and it doesn't work when the guy who was going to see the feud through for him disappears they yeah. they literally could have picked anyone i understand bulldozer of higher and we said the seeds have been planted for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks that this was going to happen. You could see, when you look back on it, you could see it because everything was just like, I'm a bulldozer fire, I'm a bulldozer fire, I'll go where the money is. It was always planted that that was going to happen. But um, I don't know, Lewis Piccoli, anyone that was sticking around. Chris Jetty, you're giving Chris Jetty a push. Give Chris Jetty the, 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 the run on it. Yeah. Pitbull, anyone, Pitbull anyone, one. anyone. Could have been Pitbull 1 and put him in a different thing because that feud's still yeah. going on. I don't know. Apparently so. I understand the twist and the pop at the second was great, but yeah. Um, yeah, but it was a pop that, that made, you know, I understand, I'm going to say it's made no sense. And I, I know it makes sense in the sense of, you know, bulldozer for hire and why is he coming out with Raven and why is he doing this and why is he doing that? Um, but it made no sense in the sense that, you know, there was never any any kind of inkling that he was into Francine, which is the story. Yeah. You know, suddenly it's because Brian Lee was jealous of Shane Douglas and Francine and wanted Francine. Well, that's not actually a thing. He was just hired to wear a mask and kiss Francine. And he's not around enough that you can say that, you know, now that I've got a taste, my God, I'm in love kind of thing. So, so it's, yeah, it's strange. Um, on a side note, how long do you think the Disciples for, of Apocalypse were together in WWE? Um, six months. Two years. No, really. Debuted on June the 23rd, 1997 and disbanded May 14th, 1999. Oh, wow. They had a two-year run. April, May, June. So he's only a couple of months from appearance. He'd probably... Done. Yeah. Wow. Um it's a two-year run. It's crazy. T what a year run. I'm jumping all over the place this show. Sorry, everyone. I can't believe when we find out that Lewis Piccoli's been there for a year. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, so, so part of us, you know, and we kind of slammed into this a little while ago. Us watching this a month at a time yeah. makes some of these things feel so much quicker than they are. So when, when, you know, Terry Funk was brought back as the, the, the dream partner, for instance, I was kind of like, hey, didn't you just retire like a month ago? And it was a year, which, you know, for a Terry Funk retirement is a long time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it felt a lot shorter because actually that was like, you know, six episodes ago rather than anything. And, and you know, I, the one that caught me was um, Francine. I felt Francine had gone on from the pit bulls very quickly. And actually it was about 18 months. But for us, that's eighteen episodes, eighteen weeks. So it's it's quite it is quite difficult to kind of balance the time. But there's no way, there's no way because he's not been around. So I I I just call bullshit on it. It feels like there's no way because the show the stage on like he's resting every week. I know he's been injured. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, right, let's wrap up 
this episode quickly so we can move on to stuff where things happen. Yeah, you can tell not much happened in this from our just one. You can always tell when there's not much <laughs> happening in these episodes because we just fucking wonder. There's still things to talk about. It's just not necessarily episode two. Spicoli joined ECW in July 1996 as a face. So near a year? Yeah. Shockingly? Yeah. That's crazy. He's wow. As much as some people are doing stuff, you sort of question what others are sort of doing. Right, so Rudo's primary then had video highlights of the feud between the Dudley Boys and Eliminated. Uh, photos of the match from Barely Legal, the Eliminators won. Obviously, if you haven't heard it, full review of Barely Legal last week. Check it out. Definitely um, worth checking out. Yep. Especially for this match. Definitely worth checking out. 100%. Um, the freeway, we get photos of that. Terry Funk, photos of that. Uh, highlights of the Barely Legal pre-show. The feud between Taz and Sabu. Photos of Taz and Sabu. We then get a promo by Bill Alfonso. This is new, everyone. Um, after Bill Alfonso, talk about how uh, he's basically going back to putting money on Sabu again. Ever since Sabu put him for a table, he knew this was the money to bet on, man to bet on. So he bet on him, and Taz cost him money again. So he hates him because he can't pay for his escorts and he can't pay for his massages. Yeah. And he can't pay for something else. So he hates he, he hates Sabu. He hates Taz because Taz cost him money because he bet on Sabu. Because after Sabu put through the table, we knew that Taz wasn't going to do shit. Um, but the thing was, if Sabu had won, would he have stayed with Taz? Because Taz losing wouldn't have cost him the money. Um, so my thing is, if you if you are ringside and you uh, have bet on the opposition, why have you not done anything, anything, anything to influence? the outcome of this match. If you've bet that much money on it. To straight the ref? Yeah, and, and you know, go back to my previous things about how annoying it is that you distract the ref when you have to do something, even though the ref's not giving a flying fuck when, when people are being thrown into the crowd and beaten with chairs. So, you know, but, but yeah, no, nothing. There was nothing to do to, I mean... You're the manager of, of Taz and Team Taz. You could have literally thrown in the towel for him. Well, you could have yeah. screwed him like, you know, the, the, the Owen Hart... Um, Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund's Bret Hart yeah. story. Submission match, yeah. Or throw the towel you know, actually, any yeah. of that. If you wanted to... And, and, and my God, the heat that would have got you from, from, you know, Taz losing because you've screwed him. after The, the heat that would have got you in that place after they've watched that year, match build for a year... Only for a fuck finish because Fonzie's screwed him because he's bet on Sabu. And I think if um, you are going to do this where Fonzie aligns with them, screwing Taz and Taz chasing is the story, isn't it? Yeah, and, and they've kind of done that in the sense of, you know, he's, he's, he's chasing, but... Yeah, but yeah, it's, just... of, it's for different reasons. Um, Rob Van Dam saved this promo again. Again. As the pay-per-view basically pops in and says that talk to Bill, they can book fights. Um, he's fighting Fridays and Saturdays, but he's now looking at taking bookings for Mondays, which again is just such a simple sentence, but it meant so much yeah. in the wrestling world at this point. It was amazing. Um, afterwards, you get a promo by Taz um, after Betty Legal. 
says that he loved Sabu attacking him. He thought it was great and all this sort of stuff. So I thought this was 75% of a great promo. Um, I loved huge chunks of this. You know, you made me taste my blood and blah, 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 blah. I, you know, you, you gave me everything I needed. You, you gave me exactly what I wanted. You gave me the fight that I was expecting and I choked you out. Um, so thank you. Um, and, you know, and then kind of like the, um, some of the other stuff that they were going on, which was great. And then, and then Taz kind of does that bit where they should have just wrapped him and he spins and he circles and he goes round and round and round. And, you know, I don't need anyone except you, Sabu. You're my fuel. I do need you. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we got to what I obviously wanted to be kind of the, the point. And again, it's that kind of edgy and inside when it doesn't need to be. You know, I'm I, I'm not a fucking baby face. All right, cool. It's just um, I liked it, I liked such big chunks of this promo, and then just you end up because it just went round and round and round. You end up just kind of going. <sighs> but that's the thing, though. It's almost what we said about um, what Scorpio used to have issues with his promos. Yes, but it started off so strong. And have like an amazing like thirty seconds minute, but then they're saying no, we need another two minutes. Keep it going, keep it going. And they're sort of like, um, yeah, but this happened, and you just think you had a really solid promo there for a couple of minutes, but then the extra last sort of minute, you just sort of said stuff that yeah. sort of was just stuff. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, promo from Paul Heyman, as you said earlier on, basically saying thank you. Then we got a nice little ECW video. Just in case you yep. didn't know who they were. But again, like, start the show like this. Yeah. Start yeah. the show with him saying, because there there would have been, surely, there would have been some people who might not have watched it but took a gamble on the pay-per-view because you saw Terry Funk in the advertisement. And you thought, oh, wow, Terry Funk, what happened to him? So you take a gamble on him, um, watched it for the first time, found it on satellite, and um, yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, you know that's happened because if you didn't think that was going to happen, then you wouldn't have just put the belt on him. You wouldn't have put him in your main event, and you wouldn't have put the belt on him. You know he's going to bring eyes in because that's what he's there to do. Well, yeah, so he said because everything else, really, story wise, Stevie, this was his moment, story wise. Yes, and I still believe it is. Talking about everything that's going on, he's treated like he's a megastar. But anyway, um, 22nd of April, 1997, just days after Stone Cold Bret Hart and all that lot. Episode 209 of ECW Hardcore TV. Start off with a promo by Rick Rude. I was not a fan of this promo. Basically said Rick, uh, Shane Douglas was a boil and he was Oxy5. Yep. So Wasn't that good. Um, it just... As a promo, it wasn't bad. It just didn't fit in this environment. I I, I didn't like it as a promo. Um, I, just, I, I thought it was quite puerile and childish for what he was trying to do. He didn't come across as like you know a, a, a badass. He didn't come across as as, as any kind of threat. Um, you know, and and I I have such a it's quite a nineties thing to do. I think I have such an issue with you know you're the boil on the butt of 
EC on the buttocks or butt or it was something quite PC yeah. in the, of of ECW. And I'm the fog Oxy Five. You figure it out. It's like, um, yeah, I, I um, there are there are definite ways that I love my sassy, and that is not one of them. Um. <laughs> We showed highlights from a barely legal, the whole sort of Shane Rude situation with some weird sort of love song over top. Obviously, I know it's a a network dub, but it just, the song just felt very annoying hard and was hard to focus. You may have already yeah. seen it, it was going on. That's, that's something that'll come up again as well. Yeah, we then get a promo from Shane Douglas and Francine, basically saying that Rude's not the man he used to be. I thought this is um, a good promo, but again, similar to the things. It's leading to a match that's not going to happen, so I find it like hard because this is almost a Terry Funk story again, but with no payoff. Yeah, I, I it was it was it was quite a good promo, you know. Um, you know, you the girl you would have got, the title you would have had, the the match you would have wanted, the, the the physique you would have, you know, it, it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, but everything's leading to the reveal. Yeah, going. I am here. I am back. I'm coming for your world title in August. It's the franchise versus Rick Rude. And the problem I had with it throughout is both of you can't be the heel. No. If you both want to be grey, then both be grey. But you so know, you said, though, everything about Rick Rude's character is heel. Yeah. It's not a face character. Or even a, a, a middling shades of grey character. He is a heel. He's totally heel. He is the, I look better than you. I am better than you. I'm going to steal your girlfriend, your wife, probably use her for a night, then throw her away and steal someone else's because I just fucking can. Yeah. And she He's... won't come back to you because you, she now knows what a real man is. Yeah. It's not a, yeah... It's not a stone cold anti hero or any. It's just no. Um, and this thing, it's not even the cool hill. It's not even the NWO cool hill. It's it's out and out heel. Yeah. And he's up against Shane Douglas, who is the out and out heel. Who's the, who's the jock? Yeah. The other sort of. I have the, the most beautiful girl in the world, and she only wants me because I'm the only one worthy of her. You want her, you can't have it. You want this, you can't have it. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a very weird, weird. It's a heel off. It's a heel off. Uh, we then get old Terry Funk highlights. Terry Funk and Arn Anderson versus Sabu and Bobby Eaton. Arn Anderson is was indeed in ECW. Um, Stars and makes this one was very weird for me. Uh, all, all of them were very weird for me in 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 the way they were. But this one was very weird for me because this is the one, if I remember, that we watched where. Arn kind of calls through and they talk about the history between the, the Andersons and the Funks and, yeah. you know, the Horsemen and Funk. Um, but this is where Funk went to WCW to be part of Arn's support yeah, and didn't come back. This was him going off and signing for WCW. Yeah, he went off with uh, Bunkhouse Bob or Bunkhouse Bill and Bunk, all that. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and joined his... Um... Yeah, I'm not sure it was War Games team or whatever it was, but yeah. they went off. Yeah. So it was it's just very strange because I remember this one as being the, you know, the, the, the because this was the talent exchange point 
as part of the the um, Heyman lawsuit settlement. Yeah, and yeah, he just didn't come back. So it just felt a really weird one to show because this is the point where he left us previously. <laughs> Celebrate. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Um, and then we're back to Joey Styles. Who made a joke about his terror announcing and jokes? It must have been Eric in his AWA days, not now. And sort of looks away all like he just said something hilarious. Um, nothing wrong with Eric Bischoff dig at this time, I guess. No, I don't understand the pullback on it. No, I don't know. You know, I don't. You know, bearing in mind we've just had, we we are not far away from having the Monday Night Quill segments. Yeah, where you've absolutely shattered. I mean, unless there was a lawsuit attached to that, and they've kind of, and that's why they're trying to like, you know, hey, we don't, we're not throwing shit at WCW. Um. You know, uh, they they've they've gone so far. That why why are you trying to you know do these kind of like sly sly kind of oh not now obviously, um, yeah I have no idea. Um, he then goes on says that Terry Funk has signed to defend his title, but is it the Double Cross Ranch with Dreamer? Um, I just can't believe it's been two weeks. We still haven't heard from Terry Funk after winning for this title. Won't be long. <laughs> Um, great promo by Raven is next, basically saying, come back, Stevie. He needs yep. him. He wants him to take out Terry Funk and Dreamer with him. Come back, come back. I thought it was yep. pretty good. Burn them. Yep. Promo from Stevie saying that, uh, again, this is weird. It was like a strange dig at Hogan. Yeah. And I, has Stevie and Hogan ever crossed paths for this to be a thing? No, I think it's just the, the, the ECW way of... of he, he took a strange dig saying that people said that Stevie would never amount to anything, brother. Which obviously has to be a reference to Hogan. I mean, unless it's Hogan kind of... You know, did, did Hogan make a comment after the BWO stuff? Maybe. Maybe there was a... I, I doubt it. Yeah, no, I doubt that. I doubt that. I, I mean, I don't think Hogan was doing a lot of interviews at this time, so I don't know where it would have come up. But you know, why, why he would have like even acknowledged BWO, I don't know. But it's the only thing I can think of is uh, like you know, well, you know, you've got you've you, I, I, you can see why they're parodying because they're not going to amount to anything themselves, brother. Yeah, I mean, if that was the context, that makes a lot of sense. But um, yeah, everything tells me that he still should have beaten Raven but I understand on the night why Funk did we then get a match everyone Spike Dugdon, Chris Chetty versus the FBI Tracy's mothers and little Guido they make reference to Chris uh, Chetty being the only Italian in the match so they were saying that at the pay-per-view Chris Chetty got support from uh, JT Smith um, in this match but uh, it was only a one-night-only deal for JT. I know, and I really just... I wish they'd shown that match. I don't know why they didn't, because the, the crowd are like they're going mental for him. Yeah. Everyone like, was up, and I thought, this is the swan song that he... If it is a one-shot deal, 
Surely this is the swan song that he deserved. To sort of show him get all that. But, um, yeah. Um, given a lot of time. Wasn't an awful match. First match in two weeks. Um, Chetty eventually gets the pin on Guido. The feud will continue. It's basically just yeah. Chetty, Chetty with different people against the FBI. That's the feud. Yeah, and and it's it's a it's an ECW staple of a match. Yeah. Um, More classic funk next. His return against Cactus Jack. We spoke about obviously the, the episode, but also a couple of weeks ago, the Sandman Funk Switch. Uh, great, great. Still brilliant. Still brilliant. Still brilliant. Watching it back. Still brilliant. But, but again, these would all been great before the pay per view, no? And again, this is this is him coming back as a heel. So you know, the commentary is is all about how because they're introduced as you know our favourite moments of Terry Funk. Yeah. And this moment is where Sandman's, you know, the the, the biggest heel in the the, the sport. Um, Jack's fighting him, and Terry Funk comes back and aligns himself not with his. Um, protege and his friend, but with the Sandman, and then both of them beat the shit out of Terry of uh, Cactus Jack. Yeah, and it's just really weird because you know, so far we've had two of these great moments one was him sodding off to WCW, and the other is him, him as a heel. Yeah, was this the one Joey Styles introduced by saying it's his personal favorite memory of Terry Funk? Um. I can't remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. Because Cause I know that happened on one, and I remember listening to him say that, and I said, I'm sitting there thinking, if you, at this point, switch to show Terry Funk choking the fuck out of Joey Styles, then I give up complete understanding of what's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was all in fun. We made up afterwards. It was great. Um, yeah, he tried to start. He was strangling you with his tie, with your tie. Um, and again, you know, this, this thing, Funk's been a heel in ECW for as much as he's been a face, but there's no, you know, when you, when you see these ret- retrospectives in, other, in, in WWE and other places, there's more of a context to it rather than here's the greatest hits. And sometimes you were cheering him and sometimes you were booing him and sometimes he was doing good stuff and sometimes he was doing bad stuff. And, but here he is in his entirety. Yeah. Just memorable funk moments. Great funk moments. Um, there went back to Joey Styles again. He made reference about a certain documentary following wrestlers around, and they were following Chris Candido around in a day in his life. Obviously, referencing Beyond the Mat. Absolutely. Um, who I don't think did follow Chris Candido around, and they happened nope. to catch him with this footage of him turning up with his famous girlfriend, significant other. Yeah, that he basically couldn't. They could talk about obviously is um Sonny, Tammy Lynn Sitch, and um obviously this happens, I'm guessing, because of their relationship currently with WWE. So it's not such a big deal. But it's made to be like if they show it they're gonna get sued. And I remember watching this from when we had it. So I remember from I remember, Bravo. Um Bravo days. Yeah, because I remember her overreaction to Rob Van Dam grabbing her butt. It's sort of like for no you know, reason. 
for no, yeah, just just because he likes pissing people off, I think. As that happened, but interesting bit that did come out from it is they then said that Shane is on a plane trying to hunt down a new member of the Triple Threat, which I thought was quite a nice little throwaway. ECW fan cam footage, we all love it. It's a promo. Um, fan cam basically just fucks up everything. Rob Van Dam comes out because he's heard everything. I thought I'm lucky he did because of his quality. I could not understand a word Chris Candido was saying. Yeah, so I mean, so fan cam we've 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 railed on previously. So he's grabbed the mic. You can't hear a word he's saying, and then you double down on that by Joey Styles speaking over him in a louder and clearer line. So you can't hear a word he's saying, even when he's talking into the mic. Yep. Just yep. But yeah, it was enough for RVD to come out. Yeah, RVD came out. Um, where am I on this? He he meant all the disrespect, which I loved. It was just like absolutely brazen and like you know. Yeah, yeah. RVD came out basically meant all this respect. Sabu came out. They both attacked Chris Candido, still injured. Um, Taz comes out, gets up to the side, wipes his feet before getting in. I did love yeah, this. Just really, really relaxed. I love this. Yeah, that's it. Just again, this is just complete bad motherfucker. Wipes his feet before he got in. Got in there, took out Taz, uh, took out RVD, took out Sabu, and also took out Candido as well. Because he's not a fucking baby face. Exactly. Then sort of strutted off. Candido sort of dead. Sort of like to the camera. He was like, that's the Taz. I know I love. I wouldn't want it any other way. Or something like that. Just fault. So I, 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 I really liked this. Um, my only issue is the him continuing to cut the I'm not a fucking baby race promo. Yeah. Um, and part of that's because um, I have witnessed someone else do this and they managed to do it really, really well, similar sort of thing, without having to state that they're not a fucking baby face every two seconds. And that's Stone Cold. Yeah. You know, there's a real kind of, you know, he walks in and, you know, shit's going down kind of thing. Um, but he didn't need to continue to tell people that he wasn't the good guy. His actions did that. And you, you, you know, you knew that he was the baddest man in the room, you know, and he was the rattlesnake, but you know, he didn't need to continue to, you know, I'm, I'm not the good guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's hard, but yeah. I, I think you could have done it all the way up without needing to, to say the words. And, well, and say the words two weeks in a row. He just needs to be shown as the man that walks alone, like Stone Cold was. Like he said, it doesn't yeah. need to be this whole, oh, I'm not friends with anyone. He just basically I don't just need anyone. It. Yeah, you know, I, that promo, I don't need Team Taz, and I don't need Fonzie, and I don't need this, and I don't need that. I'm all right on my own. I am, you know, I'm pissed off, and I'm on my own, and I'm fine with that. It's perfect. You know, I, I, don't, I don't need a triple threat. I don't need a, a tag team partner. I don't need a manager. I don't need a team behind me. I don't need a dojo. I'm, I am just a weapon. It's perfect. You don't have to keep saying, and I'm not a good guy. Yeah, 95% pulls that off because I still think he's, you know, amazing. Yeah. Again, just, as, um... as I said, you know, 
75% of the promos are fantastic. It's mm. just that point of, you know, you don't need to actually say, uh, you know, and I'm not a good guy. And you can use the terminology all you want. It doesn't make it any more inside that you're telling people that you're not the baby face when you're booked as the baby face. And, you know, you, you, you just don't have to use the words. Your, your actions and everything else, the silence will tell you that I'm not the good guy. You don't have to tell people physically, don't cheer me, I'm not supporting. And also, why? And this is, you know, heel or face. Chris Candido, heel or face. Yeah, again, he's, he's heavily involved in, obviously, the triple threat stuff, which is full-on heel. Then he's yep. off doing his other stuff, which is just, I don't know he's, what his own stuff is. Well, he's just stuck up for his, the, the honour of his wife, even when he's got one arm and got beaten down by two men. Who are heels. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, the, the fallout was always going to be, they're just trying to reshuffle, but yeah. Uh, Balls Mahoney versus Corporal Punishment. I have no idea who Corporal Punishment is. No, I was going to Google it, and then I didn't get around to it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was like. I felt like I just didn't care enough about him. Normally, I see someone, and I think, oh, I've got to learn what happened to them. But he didn't, he didn't trigger that for me. Um, they put over balls as basically having the hardest chair shot in wrestling, which is true. And um, also one of those things that hasn't necessarily aged well. No. But um, it is true. Balls behind your chair shot is... Ridiculous. Absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but he does pick up the win, so Balls Mahoney wins. Then get a promo from... Uh, oh. So Corporal Punishment was Dan McDevitt. Yeah. He also went by the names of The Ultimate Comet and The Comet. Um, nothing much to say about his career, to be honest. Uh, apart from that, that, he was trained by Ian and Axel Ron. Oh, if you explain why, he's probably there. Um, Primary from Bill Alfonso, Rob Van Dam, and Sabu. Bill is shouting loads about Taz. RVD, they basically um, pops in, shows highlights of himself, says he's over to work Mondays. Um, jokes about he's 26 now, I think it is, and yep. he doesn't want to do this crazy stuff. He doesn't want to end up with scars all over his body and all this. Basically, Sabu pops up, goes mental. He's like, whoa, calm down. And he manages to turn the conversation back to Taz again, which I thought was great. RVD on these last ones has wow. really started just to kind of come into his own. He really has. Um, uh, there was a little bit coming up that I thought was a little bit too too much. Um, it may have been this one about, you know, and, and you've not called me back. And I know you're a busy man, but you've not called me back. Um, and I, I didn't think it needed to go that far in it. But... Um, uh, yeah, no, RVD has just been, um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no, very brilliant. Um, that was the end of the show. Takes us to the 29th of April, 1997. It basically goes on straight away with Chris Candido, um, Tammy Rob Dam incident from last week. Uh, we then get they talk about having footage that makes you question what's going on in Stevie's head. We then get no. So I loved this because this was like, you know, usually what we do is we shoot Raven in SVHS 
And that means we can do all kind of like the, the crazy kind of movies, movies and the colors and all the rest of it. However, that then needs to be transferred to beta to play on the show. And so we're trying to do that now because we, we haven't done the pro. So we're now trying to do that so we can show you the video later on so you can understand whether it's Stevie from the BWO or whether it's Stevie. And I'm kind of my big takeaway of this was so what all of ECW was done on Betamax? Is that what you've just told me? Yeah. It's just so weird. Like the whole we record the Raven stuff and then we. We edit it and we we do stuff with it and it. There's bits where they they pull back the curtain in ways that I don't think they need to pull back the curtain. There is there is no one who is arguing and calling out for the technical reason, the audio visual reason as to why they can't show you that footage just yet. Especially when we're now in three weeks about the world heavyweight champion appearing. Yes. That's where I'm at with all you, this. You could, you could quite simply just say, we've got really interesting footage that we are going to show you at the end of the show. Stay tuned. Yeah. I didn't need to know that it was, you know, busy in the, in the truck transferring from VHS to Betamax to be shown on the screens. Um, we then get Nova and Meanie versus Tracy Smothers and Little Guido. Feels like the first real shine of Nova. And and I paid far too much attention to this match because of that. Agreed. Um, yeah, I because like- I, I, you know, I know what Nova becomes, and Nova, when he sheds this and kind of comes with the superhero kind of gimmick, was was one of my favourite wrestlers for a point because he just felt so innovative with things like the Kryptonite Crunch and some of the moves he did. He was just so slick and felt so innovative, or at least that's my memory of it. So it'd be really interesting to go back and watch there. Yeah. So I wanted to see if, if there were shades of that. And there weren't. <laughs> and, and there weren't. Um, and, and, and instead, I just absolutely paid far too much attention to a Blue Meanie Nova FBI match. Yeah, Meanie had a little good moment with a double clothesline and a Meanie saw it looked like he had it won, but Rich um, hit him from behind, allowing the FBI to pick up the win. And that was everything good and everything wrong with the match. Yeah, basically. I think the BWO should have won this. What was interesting to me was, um, uh, you know, so there's this thing about, you know, Stevie Richards being over in the BWO over and all the rest of it. And it's a little bit kind of one of those weird, you know, is, is it that the BWO is over and Stevie's over because of the BWO or is Stevie's over and the BWO over because it's Stevie? And I really got the impression from this, and maybe not overly fair because it was a small venue and all the rest of it, but I really got the impression of this, that Stevie's over and the BWO are over because Stevie's with them. The BWO themselves are not over. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think it's the way they've positioned it. I think at the beginning, the BWO were over, but they've pushed Stevie too far to the front. And maybe, maybe they've sort of separated him a bit. And they didn't have to. Um, Eliminators going about being three times world champions. Saturn was amazing. Yeah. Cronus less so. Basically. 
music video about the Eliminators. World premiere music video. <laughs> I've never seen it before. Uh, I don't know where I would have. Bravo. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I was watching a lot of MTV at this time. Didn't come up on MTV. Until you've seen this. Bill Alfonso, Rob Van Dam and Sabu again. Basically call out all the teams in ECW. We then get Rob Van Dam versus Spike Dudley. <sighs> Rob Van Dam intro was amazing. Basically, did you hear, is it ring action? Yeah. So, it resides in Battle Creek, Michigan currently. However, it is looking to, to uh, reallocate to, to either Stanford or Atlanta. It's just so simple. Again, it's such a clever way of saying it without saying it. Yeah. He doesn't just come out and say, I really want to wrestle for WCWE, but his character is basically dropping all these things, which are... The way the rabid ECW fans are at this point, I just fucking hate him for it. He's getting himself and, such a great, and the match itself. Yeah, and and just just the, the the fact that he's not actually differentiating between, you know, he he'll go to either he doesn't care, yeah, you know, exactly. either of them either of them's cool, you know, whoever whoever wants to reach out, whoever wants to book him, who wants to give them more money, either of them's cool, and, and just you know that that kind of, you know, this isn't even you know my dream is to. It's like, fuck it, pay me. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come. Just pay me. So good. Um, the story of the match is basically he's delivering his own highlight reel so other companies can see how good he is. Yeah. Which is clever. Giving him a lot of time, but um, clever all the same. But Van Damme wins. Hype Central with Goja, uh, Golger. Joel, Joel Gertner. What can I say his name? Well, uh, did... well, well. Notice the um, neck oh, yeah. brace. Yep. That we spoke about. Yep. Uh, make loads of jokes about Funk and Bueller. Cuts back in Dreamers attacking him. Sam make another joke, make another joke. Louis then comes in and tries to do Sweet Dreamer. And Dreamer's all upset and he's like, we're boys. And he's like, come on, just do this. Just do this. And he's like, punch you in the face. And that ends. Yeah. Um, we then get Lewis Brody versus Chris Chetty in a match. Promo from Dreamer during the match saying he doesn't mind um, some the of symbol. the people. That, yeah, the symbol. He actually respects yeah. some of the people that does the symbol. So, I mean, that's, that's all about the click, isn't it? Oh, it's NWO, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I guess it is at this point. It's NWO at this point, isn't it? Because it was the click originally, wasn't it? The, the click were doing it. But it wasn't a thing. It was the NWO and um, it was Six that did it, wasn't it? Yeah. So I don't think the click were ever really doing it on WWE TV. I think. No, I, one, I know one, they, two, they were doing it, it themselves. Once. Yeah, one, two, three kid did it once when the other two left. And I think Hunt was getting punished. And on his last match on Raw, he did it to the camera on the way down to the ring. Hmm. That's the thing I was reading about, bizarrely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's NWO. It's too sweet, isn't it? Uh, fair enough. So, it would be in reference to that. And da, da, da. Again, weird. Just, you know, why? Why? Just weird. Yeah, and then, then comes the, out and attacks him. The retconning on this on the next episode is, is weird again. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, quite a good beat down, you know, the, the, the breaking his, his, uh, hand because he, he took a cheap shot and, you know, was getting in his face when, when he, he, he told him to back off and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite a good beat down. Um, yeah, it wasn't too shabby. Didn't mind it. We didn't get a promo by Raven. Really enjoyed this. <laughs> this was <laughs> amazing. Uh, basically, this was amazing. My note started off saying Raven with nothing is such a better character. When Raven is the world champion with the woman and all this, it's hard. When Raven has nothing and he's just caught up in his own self pity so much that you just think, fucking hell. He's. Yeah. He's such a better character to the point where basically he's, he's going backwards down sort of the, um, the travelator disappearing. Then he's about now nah, fuck this kind of thing. Storms up, storms through, kicks Meanie out of the way, storms into Stevie, finds Stevie. And he's like, Stevie. And he goes, Oh yeah, no, I get it. You want you and me to go take out. Fuck burn down funkin' whatever. Yeah. Rah, rah, yeah. Rah, yeah. And he's just like, no, I want you to take me out. And then sort of to beat yeah, up put me he, out of my misery. Does he beat up Stevie? He 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 does kick him. Yeah, kick and, him, and sort and of lays him out. Him. Yeah, and lays on him. Yeah, just saying, take uh, me out. So you know the, the the bit that we didn't kind of reference on the last Raven promo was he he talks about you know wanting to burn you know Stevie come back and wanting to burn Terry Funk and all the rest of it, and he finishes it with you know I forgive you come back quote your brother forevermore. Yeah. So he's kind of changed to this kind of, you know, we're we're brothers, we're related, we're family, you know, kind of link. Um, And then this is, yeah, you know, I I want you to put me out of my misery. I want you to kill me. Yes, that's that's great. Good way to end the show. Enjoyed that. The 6th of May, 97, episode 211. We get a TV MA warning before this one starts, which we don't normally get, which is good. Yep. Exciting. It is exciting. Um, show Shane Douglas in the crowd shouting at Bam Bam Bigelow because it's in um, his hometown. Yes. Ashbury, New Ash, Ash, B, Ashbury? Ashbury, New York. Ashbury, Ashbury Park. Yeah. yeah. Um, Eliminators versus Gangsters versus Dudley Boys, Freeway Dance, the tag team titles. It's a wild match. The music is frustrating. Yeah, we, we said and what's we... super frustrating hmm. is you know so this is this is where the gangsters are in their true kind of you know uh, natural born killers plays and plays and plays. Yeah. So they've over- overdubbed it with the, the the version that they've got in the ghetto by PM someone I think it was by. Yeah. Um, which all of but... these are on actually on um, YouTube. You can search for um, ECW dub themes for the network, and they're all there in completion. But the the bit that really jarred me on this was it wasn't dubbed high enough to not hear to stop. Yeah, Metroborn Killers. Yeah, I know. So you've actually got two songs playing over the top of each other while um, trying to watch a Carnage match, and then the the Joe Styles commentary. Yes, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's, um, it's a rough edit and it did affect the match. The end, though, I did enjoy it. 
basically uh, Big Dick Duckley went to do a double choke slam on the Eliminators. They basically kicked him reversed straight into total elimination for the win. Yeah. Loved it. Good finish. It was brilliant because Bubba Ray technically wasn't part of the match. Technically, the Dudleys at this point were... Um, uh, yeah. Um, which Devon is good though. Uh, Devon and, and Big Dick. Which is good though because it keeps them strong so the loss isn't too like we've beaten them over and over and over. So, decent. Um, Rick Rude is induced as the new co-host for ECW TV. Yay. Yay, Rick. We get highlights of the Stevie Raven confrontation from last week. Then we get the Rude cam because everyone's got their own cam. Talking to the Blue Meanie. Blue Meanie completely snaps out of character here and says he wants to be left alone at the moment. Again, like you yep. said about bringing down the fourth wall and everything again. We then get Dreamer versus Corporal Punishment, the dream much that we didn't deserve. Um, Tommy's basically yep. on fire in this match. I thought he's really <laughs> probably the best. Yeah, match well, well, Rick Rude just just talks about how attractive Bueller is. I know. I thought this is probably everything from Tommy. This is probably the best Tommy sort of we've seen in a long while. Giving someone completely going hell for leather doing his shit, looking like a million bucks, cut to commercial, come back from commercial, and Louis kicked the shit out of Tommy Dreamer. Yep, Tommy Dreamer's beating the shit out of Tommy Dreamer. Oh no, it's Louis Piccoli, but he's in joggers and an ECW t-shirt, so he's wearing exactly the same fucking outfit that Tommy Dreamer wrestles in. Yep. And it's not meant to be that he's dressed as Tommy Dreamer. It's not, it's not a slur. It's not a mock. It's, you know, it's not mocking him in any way, shape or form. It's that he's run out from the, the dressing room dressed in this. So someone somewhere must, should have turned around and said, at least, at the very least, at the fucking very least, don't wear exactly the same T-shirt. Because yeah. you can't both be in joggers and exactly the same fucking T-shirt unless you're a tag team. Yeah, I mean, he could be wearing a Dreamer t-shirt or anything, can they? Yeah. Just to add to it. But, um, yeah, that beatdown happened. So the beatdown was, was brutal. Uh, there were eyes in the, to- the there were tears in the eyes of, of Beulah because she just watched him take this hellacious beatdown, had to be helped back. This was all because, apparently, um, you know, Luis Piccoli had, Piccoli? Luis Piccoli had been pissing off the dressing room yeah. with the two sweets. They felt it disrespectful. They were all angry. And Tommy Dreamer was the one who stood up to him and told him to do it and stopped him. No, none of that's true. No, I, I've, I've literally just watched it. That was not any of it. It was not <laughs> anything to do with any of it. That wasn't, that never, ever happened. But this hellacious beatdown that, you know, Rick Rude was saying, hey, he's been there and the first thing you goes through your mind as you're being taken out of the ring is like, ever wrestle again and second thing is i want revenge yeah really sold it really really good this was 20 minutes in yeah it's just um yeah so weird is it joe gertner next oh god yeah this is when they mentioned that Lou had been ECW for a year, by the way, that we referenced earlier yeah. on. Oh, uh, and also, so this was where, this is where Rick Rude is still going on about how attractive Beulah is and is talking about how amazing an ass she has. Um, and Joey Starr thinks they're going to get in trouble for, for him saying ass. 
Um, and Rick Rude points out that, you know, that's the dynamic. Joey is stylish because his name is Styles. Yeah. And he's rude because his name is Rude. Yeah, glad it cleared so that up. That's something for us to look forward to going forward. Uh, Joe Gertner sort of tries to get involved with this. He goes back and forth with Rick Rude. Yeah. Doesn't work. No. It's all pre-recorded, it feels like, and just a bit fed lines. Uh, Shane Douglas and Terry Funk from the night after the night the line was crossed, that one. Yeah. Uh, still a great promo, but again, just not massively big segment here. Yeah, I still bump into a little bit of the, um, you know, the, I want your belt. I want your belt. You can't have my belt. Here, have my belt. I don't want your belt. You're not going to give me your belt. This is where you drop the famous. Um, I smashed your knee into obligatory. <laughs> oh, I love it. Then we cut to modern day Shane Douglas. He's on his way to the ring to take on Balls Mahoney. Watch out for the chair shots. Um, da, 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 Tommy's then cut to Tommy Dreamer promo again. <sighs> 15 minutes later. Yeah, after this hellacious beating that means he may never wrestle again. 15 minutes later, here he's he is. Down the lake. In the sea. Basically saying he's going to drown Louis in his own blood. He's getting a little bit Which was a great line. Oh, my other issue is, so Tommy Dreamer started doing the, the crucifix pose, wearing a T-shirt and doing the crucifix pose because of Raven. Yeah. Louis Piccoli now in joggers, an easy FNW T-shirt, and doing the crucifix pose because of Louis. So we now have three people doing the crucifix pose. Yeah, Louis doing it because of Tommy. Tommy doing it because of Raven. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's just yeah. It, it feels like the laziest creative wrestler in the world. So we then go back to the ring. Candido comes out, attacks Mahoney with Shane Douglas. Bamba Bigelow gets in the ring. Says, "Hey, oh, they have a long. They have far too long a match." Yeah, I know. Before that. Fault. Yeah, but again, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about people getting far too much offense. Far too long a match before that. And, and you know, I, I, I love Balls because Balls Mahoney was actually a really good wrestler as well as doing like ridiculous chair shots and spots. Um, I mean, later years you see him have, well, classics with RVD. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of his stuff with um, Tanaka and, and a few others and and then you get into the real crazy of like the flaming tables and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's got some great stuff coming up. So he he can really wrestle. Yeah, and they always would push about his you know his um, collegiate wrestling background and the fact that actually he was really good until he did something stupid that got banned. I can't remember what it was now. Um, but he should not be holding his own against the franchise. He's TV champion at this point. Yeah. Dominant, the the dominant champion on the brand, the world television champion. But Shane Douglas, though, he did it with Axel Rotten. He's done it with quite a few of them. Yeah, and 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 ECW do it. They did it with with Sabu coming back, coming back, and you know having competitive matches with Axel Rotten and others instead of just crushing them. But it doesn't need to be that. Yeah, not not all of it needs to be this twenty minute stuff. And, uh, well, Taz is Taz is the king of that, isn't he? Look at um, it was that British guy. I had way too many competitive matches with him. 
Yeah, Jim Powers, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it wasn't Jim Powers. It was British Bulldog's partner or Dynamite Kid's partner, wasn't it? Jim Powers was the old, old guy who was there years ago, took on the franchise. They said both Jim Powers. Yeah, you know I mean, didn't you, Dynamite Kids? Yeah, I cool. do. I, I I can't remember his name, but yes. Um, anyway, I'm sure people won't lose sleep over it. Um, yeah, Candido so basically comes out. Bam Bam gets in the ring, sides with Balls Mahoney, says, come on, come on, come on. Ends up taking out Balls Mahoney. And what I liked about this, the moment the first punch was thrown from Bam Bam Big Glow, Candido and Shane Douglas stopped what they're doing and straight away threw up the triple threat sign. It wasn't any hesitation. First punch thrown. Boom. This is what's happening. Yep. So it wasn't yep. shock. It wasn't like, what's he doing? It wasn't like a play on a play. It was straight away. Bang. This is why it's happening. Triple threat. And uh, Yeah. And it was brilliant. It was simple brilliant. And I'm excited because this is the, the version of triple threat that we always wanted to see. And we're now up and running. Yeah. I mean, this is the, the dominant triple threat. It is. Um, um, incarnation. Yeah, so um, yeah, jobs are good and that brings us to the end. Oh, it does. There's been a whole lot of nothing's happened, but there's been some big key moments. So obviously Bam Bam actually arriving, joining the triple threat is huge. Crazy excited about that. RVD is coming along beautifully. Taz continues to uh, tick over. Um, Raven Seems to be finding his rhythm. I just want to know if there is a payoff to the Stevie thing because he can't be long before he, they both jump to WCW. So I don't know if they even get a match. But um, yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely was. Uh, you know, some 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 really good stuff. Some really confusing stuff. Um. Uh, you know, some, it's great watching some of it kind of come together and, and move through into, you know, exactly what we're expecting. You know, the RVD Sabu tag team is, is, you know, suddenly it's the RVD and Sabu tag team. Um, which after watching the kind of, you know, I respect you, well, I don't respect you. Um, and I did flinch a little bit about um, uh, the back of the, the RVD t-shirt that Sabu was wearing and something about, you know, respect is earned, not given or something. Um, and I, I, there was a little bit of me kind of going, we're still on that still. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's great just to kind of, you know, they've got Fonzie with them now. So, you know, that's the, that's them. Yeah. So yeah, you, you feel like everyone's almost in position. Yeah. Everything's where it needs to be to, um, sort of get it going, which is pretty exciting. But it's, it's, it, it's sad because you've got, you know that you you can feel that changing of the guard coming again in the sense of, you know, so Brian Lee's gone, which isn't overly sad, but you feel like Raven and um, Stevie aren't around for much longer. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, doesn't feel like Saturn's around for much longer. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of sad because it's it's kind of you know they're, they're going to refresh again. Um, and this has been kind of quite the the iconic little piece. So. Yeah, you know it's, they're going to lose some uh, some big players, which is going to be rough. But um, it's going to give time for the Dudley boys and that to come forward, and that so that's going to be 
Good. I think we get Mikey. Uh, we get um, just incredible by the end of the year. We do. I see him every time I scroll through. Yeah, I, it, it did seem to jump out at me. So I can he lie? Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. This has been Extreme Rewind. Make sure you follow us on Twitter or Instagram at underscore Sports Arena. You can probably tell we are posting daily at the moment. Got loads of ECW discussion going on, which is good. Thank you very much for your interaction. Loving talking about it all. Um, you can find us. We've well, already found us, but like, subscribe, share, let people know. Obviously, watch the shows on the network because we always enjoy the feedback when people are up to date with what we are. Because um, we're really, really in the revolution. Blah, 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 blah. We are, and it's it's it, you know the amount of people who uh, I was speaking to someone who I um, worked with the other day and um, came up about doing this, and uh, you know he's he's a lapsed wrestling fan. You know the Attitude Era was his thing but had never really kind of watched the ECW stuff. So talking to him and, and talking to him about the podcast and all the rest of it, just really interesting to hear him kind of have that realisation of so much of it came from ECW and so many of the people he loved kind of went to ECW and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, help us help us find our tribe, help us find the community by by sharing, recommending, write, writing, reviewing. Um, yeah, let's spread the word. And let's see how long it takes before Terry Funk appears on TV as well. Mother's a whore. <laughs>